On this week's episode of The Square, I, not Brandon Carmichael, talk with three men who have no business walking around free in society. I'm so thrilled to be here today, subbing in for our fearless leader, Brandon Carmichael, whose name is actually Michael Carmichael. <laughs> Go true. figure. Um, my name is Adam Flaw. I'm a Viking. Sitting across from me is Brandon Carmichael, John Higgs, and Ludo Michaud. And we're going to talk today a little bit about our, uh, our group that we call collectively the Media Lab. So... This is never going to work. <laughs> hey, can I, can I interrupt? It's Michaud. There's no odd. Yeah, that's great. Thank it's you. Michaud. Michaud. Um, All right. Ludo, French what's Canadian. The, what's the middle name? William. William. Yeah. Okay. This is pretty much how the show is going to go. <laughs> I apologize in advance to the audience. So I'll start with a simple question directed to you, John. Um, <clears throat> Do you like this gig? It's pretty sweet. No, that wasn't the question. Do you like your job? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That, that, that wasn't the question. Do you like being the principal of the media lab? If you're really coming out with just like fastballs right out of the gate. It's like you didn't know you were getting into 60 minutes yeah, here, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So let's so see. I just celebrated away. 25 years. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. All right. Good what times. kind of what kind of cash you make after twenty five years? <laughs> I can tell you, I started at twenty four k. Yeah, and that's five year bachelor degree. You made a bad, and that deal. was a that was a pretty good offer. I had some eighteens in the bunch. So I got to tell you, if you're only getting like a cost of living increase, you're doing very poorly for twenty five years. Well, I, yeah. Do the math of twenty five. That's it. Actually, adds up. Okay. All right. So you're making what, like fifty six? Exactly. Now or <laughs> Yeah. You know, to each their own, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't we get started with a little bit of the history of the lab? How did the lab get started? Me? You want, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. to you, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so fair this enough. This is why uh, this isn't going to work. So started with a firm in 96, and we were using um, we were using design tools. At the time, it was MicroStation to do design work. I was working on the rental car center out at DFW. Um, and then somebody on one of the other teams sent a literally, I think it's a four page memorandum, just wanting to buy new software. So from that, it, uh, they did a demonstration of what two different pieces of software can do and then decided in good Corgan fashion, we needed a committee <laughs> to go and study this to decide what we actually wanna do um, with 3D and how we want to kind of do that through the firm. So um, there were four of us that made that up, David Gunderson, Dave Rice, myself, and Chuck Blackford, who Chuck is actually here still as well. I know well. Chuck. 25 years, uh, yeah, for him as well. Uh, and we presented back to the firm that particularly back in that time, you really needed to be specialized to learn 3D. Um, so it was going to be difficult to be an architect and learn all the things that you need to know about 3D to do that. So we said, hey, you should have a few people that specialized in this, and that's their full-time gig, and they can support all the teams and all the staff. Um, and so we proposed and pitched. At the time, it was CM Squared, which I told you earlier today, which was pretty yeah, tell, terrible tell us what yeah. that Tell us what that's so for. So Corgan Multimedia. Um, and we, we got from Corgan Multimedia with two M's <laughs> to CM Squared. Square, yeah. yeah, CM Squared, yeah. yeah. It's pretty... 
pretty big jump there. Um, so we presented that back to the principals and to Jack Corrigan and the management committee at the time, and they said that's a great idea. Um, we're not going to do that. So what we'll do instead is we'll have a lab like you have in school uh, where everyone can go use the computers and softwares within the firm, and then we'll have some people that support the lab. So hence ah, the name Media Lab. lab. Um, so we did that for about a day, uh, and everyone just came straight to us and said, hey, we don't have time, we're really busy, can you just do the images for us? And it was at the time, it was just me and Dave Rice, and so we would, of course, say, yeah, how many images do you need and when do you need them? The answer was always, like 10 yesterday. Uh, and so, so it, that part hasn't changed. No, yeah, no. Years. Yeah, there's the definitely story. been some consistencies from the start. <laughs> um, and so we just started cranking through tons and tons of images and animation. Um, and we took over that little room and that became our render farm um, to use those machines. And then it, it literally probably within six, six to nine months, it became what we really thought. So we um, actually, I, it, we, it was probably me and Dave for over a year. Uh, and then we started growing that group. And so there was like six of us uh, that were really kind of just cranking kind of images and animations out for the firm as a whole. So so you really went on for quite a while there. And I kind of fell asleep out, about, yeah, halfway about halfway through, through there. Yeah, cool. um, <laughs> but no, um, when you say it, um, you know, around six to nine months, y'all kind of, it became what you thought it would be or what you, I guess, maybe had dreamed of it being. What 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 did it start as? I mean, did it start as just a? Disaster? I mean, it, literally, it did start as a lab. Like we named all. Like we spent probably about fifty k, which at the time was two years of my salary, which we've already yeah. identified. Yeah, uh, just over <laughs> or just under one year of your salary now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the yeah, so we spent a, a lot of money on software and hardware uh, to get the machines because the machines that the people had at their desktop at the time just weren't going to cut it. Like you know, it it just you weren't going to get it done on You'd that. You do a render so. in one month. Yeah. I mean, literally, I was getting, you know, RAM smuggled to me at night from the IT department so that I could render something out. And even once we got all this stuff started, um, literally one of my favorite stories is I was working, there was construction going on and we were on the third floor and it was me and one other person. And I was rendering a, a video out in Premiere. And literally I hear somebody behind me go, hey, are you locked up? And then I hear three or four other people go, hey, I'm locked up. Are you locked up? So I just power this machine off <laughs> and then uh, the head of IT rings my phone about five minutes later he's like hey John what you doing I was like nothing I'm just sitting here he's like cool what were you doing five minutes ago <laughs> so literally the infrastructure at the time like and it was pretty sophisticated but you could take it down by rendering out a video in Premiere um, and so it's evolved obviously since that but uh, no that vision of really like having people that really specialize in it I mean Ludo's been in the industry forever can speak to kind of that knowledge of specialization that you really needed. Um, and even back in the day, you just had to do all sorts of tips and tricks and, and cheats to make an image look right because the computer to actually calculate it properly would have taken weeks yeah. to do. So The well, technical term you, is problem solver. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just blow right past that because that was <laughs> full of an air of conceit that I don't even want to address right now. But uh, John does bring up at least one good point in all of those musings. Um, we do have two other people sitting here, um, so why don't we uh, get into that real quick. First, we'll introduce Michael Brandon Carmichael, if I have that right. You do. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your time prior 
to coming to Corrigan Media Lab? I went to college and had no idea what I was going to do. I'm sure no one else has had that issue. Um, and um, thought about a bunch of different things. I thought about um, doing computer science and fell asleep in my first C++ class. And the professor was not happy that. with that. It was Pascal for me. Yeah. <laughs> and thought about going into like Christian ministry. And then I took one video course as a gen ed requirement and something just clicked. I loved it. I loved the storytelling and the visual aspect of it. And the next semester, the, um, the professor needed a TA and he was like, you have half a semester of experience. You'd be great. And it's, I've not looked back since then. I've, I've had the opportunity to work um, in a lot of different environments with a film and commercials. Um, and none of it compares to, without being a shameless plug, some of the storytelling I've got to do over the last 10 years. Um, but that, that's a very short, hopefully poignant description of where I've been. It definitely wasn't poignant, but it was short. <laughs> How did so. the uh, heart surgeon father feel about that uh, career choice? Yeah, uh, it was, you know, I have five brothers and sisters, um, all younger than, than me, and, and uh, there would have been a perfect environment for him to be like, hey, don't you want to do something when you're going to, you know, actually make some money? And I told him communications degree, and he was like, well, as I remember this vividly, as long as you do your best, I support <laughs> you. <laughs> and to this day, he has held true to that. I still don't know if he knows exactly what I do, but he has always been very supportive. That's funny because I remember when I told uh, one of my professors in school that I wanted to go into some form of motion pictures, and he said, that's great. Have you told your parents you're going to be broke the rest of your life? <laughs> that's true. That was fun. I, I actually started here making 17K, so a little bit less Ooh, than John. There you go. Yeah, except that that was in 2016, so... <laughs> It actually I need to bump that out. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, so let's move on. We don't need to introduce anybody else. Ah. <laughs> Just kidding, Ludo. Wow. This is Ludo. This is a great start. Ludo Michaud. Perfect. <laughs> William, can you say Ludovic now? Ludovic Michaud. <laughs> He's French-Canadian. Très <laughs> Ludo hails from Canada, but he's been here uh, stealing cars and playing American hockey since like 1995, six, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, he's got a, a a rich tapestry of. Now let's cut that. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got colorful experience and an even more colorful mouth. Please <laughs> tell us about where you come from, Ludo. I, let me take that one for him. Okay. Do you uh, want I'm sorry. Or do you want me to yeah, take? No, you go ahead and take. Okay, that. Ludo, let me tell you go ahead Ludo's and shut life. up, Brandon. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, you go ahead. Okay, no, no, John. You know what? Ludo is probably the best person right. to answer this question. <laughs> this was our attempt at jokes. Ludo, please. It, it failed, didn't it? It did. Uh, Most of them. I thought it was Short, right? So uh, no, you know poignant. what? I'm going to give you some leeway. You're going to give me some leeway yeah. on this? I'm going to give you a little uh, leash. Technically, I went full circle. I Around 10th grade, I wanted to become an architect, and I studied towards that. Uh, go to college. In college, I did pure science, and after 11 class in one semester, and almost burning out and barely sleeping two hours and a half per day, uh, I decided to switch to human nature. Uh, science, what is it in English? Human uh, sciences? Yeah, I guess, yeah, art, art. 
Oh, that's no, not that's, uh, art. That's, that's what we yeah, call that. Art. We call it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Boy, that was uh, <laughs> art history. That was confusing. <laughs> so anyway, we're back in '92 or '91, '92. I'm doing art now, and uh, I see um, uh, Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. And I had a good friend that uh, went to one of the first CG school, and uh, I said, you know what, I should do, give it a shot. So I went there. And now we're in 96, I'm graduating. I started Soft Image, working uh, full-time for software company and uh, doing 3D software, which is now dead, unfortunately, but back in the days it was very- He just said that before we said it. We were yeah, gonna yeah. remind yeah, him yeah, that they killed yeah, that yeah, software. Yeah. I want, I want to <laughs> we're a very supported bunch for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so five years in, and now we're 2000 something, 2000, early 2001. Uh, I decided, you know what, it's time for me to go in production, so I moved to the to Texas. Um, uh, where all the productions really have. Yeah, <laughs> where all the productions Not LA yeah. or New York, yeah. Texas. So, no, Texas, yes. Yeah, if I could jump in real quick. <laughs> you thought I need to find somewhere where there's production. Hollywood doesn't have much of that. New York doesn't either. I'm going to go to Dallas. Well... Hollywood was, I didn't like it. I, I lived there for three months during my, my, my time at Saftimage and I didn't like it. Hollywood was not my, okay. my, my, and New York was too, too stressed out. And I, already, I was already stressed out, so I didn't need more stress. Wait, are you, do you feel like you're a high stress? No, I'm not a high stress person. I'm over <laughs> okay. stressed out. All right. uh, so with that in that, mind. That really pulls the curtain The back. two and a half hour sleep is still <laughs> the same as college. Yeah. So I don't know what, yeah. Yeah. nothing's changed. That, I didn't lose that part, but. Uh, so anyway, Texas sounded like a great place. It was hot. It was, uh, it was uh, always hot, you know, even when, during winter. People were relaxed, or seemed to be relaxed anyway, and uh, they had the accent, so my accent would blend in just right. <laughs> I think we speak slow enough down here that he felt like he could probably understand us. So, <laughs> so I, I gotta stop you again. You feel like the French accent is similar to the Texas accent at the time. It would blend in at the time. All right, that's we've we've all made some good choices in our life. <laughs> well, I just want to examine that logic, but I feel like that's going to lead us down a different path. So anyway, so, so I, I get here around May. I worked on a bunch of blockbuster. Uh, most of your kids must have seen them, uh, kid. I don't have any kids. <laughs> well, okay. Well, John was young enough back in the day. Spy Kids. Got it. Spy Kids, uh, two and three. I worked on Wolverine, the origin, the one that nobody likes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I worked on a couple of horror movies. Uh, I worked on a few Christian movies. All along the path, I ended up here about nine years ago. Almost nine years ago, I ended up here. Wow, nine but years. But you were, I mean, you are kind of a staple in the VFX yes, Dallas yes. market. So, you know, if you look at some of the other big firms, he's worked at Janimation and Real, Real Effects. And so Maybe we he's should well have known had in the industry. John, you know, give your resume. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. John is one of two trained architects in the Media Lab. The other one is Jason. What up, Jason? Um, but uh, none of us would be here were it not for John starting the Media Lab. So I think uh, I, I'd like to kind of re-rack and go back to the beginning. And, um, you know, John, you start, you went to school to become an architect. You were, you know, that, that was the dream. You came out of school, uh, got your first job. Well, your first job wasn't at Corrigan. It was here, yeah. It was, always was at Corrigan. I did. Okay, so you got your first job yeah. here at Corrigan. And within a year, is that right, or two years? Within the first two years, Within yeah. the first two years, you're doing something that is, sure, related to architecture. I mean, but it's more that you just happen to work in an architecture firm. 
So at what point did you like to, was there a clear path where you saw like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And we're going to be here 25 years later telling so, really bad jokes on this panel discussion. <laughs> exactly. So in high school, I got a chance to take some radio and television classes and love those, right? This is like reel to reel tape. So like, you know, very little technology, uh, but it was a blast, right? But I was good at, you hear this from like 90% of the architects. I was good at math and I was good at art. So, so everybody said, hey, you should be an architect. And I got a chance to do an internship in high school through the school district. So I was working at RTKL as an intern uh, at the time. And so, you know, the movies make architecture sound pretty freaking awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the movies don't have it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I went to school, loved architecture. Um, really loved the theory behind architecture. So our school was split and they, I don't know if they still struggle with this, but they didn't really have an identity to know, like, do we want to be teaching practical architecture, meaning graduating people that, you know, the second they graduate, they know how to build buildings and do construction documents and <laughs> blah, 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 and boring stuff, but important stuff to being an architect. Or do we want to teach people how to think, which is kind of the side that I felt like I was on and theory based. Um, so I was really passionate about architecture in school and what, what buildings can do and what they can be. And, and it, but it, for me, it was always like I designed a museum and the museum was telling a story, right? So I was a storyteller then, but my medium for storytelling was architecture instead of movies, videos, imagery, and things like that. And so when I graduated, and I also, in fairness, like I could take a B design and present the hell out of it and get an A in design class, right? So both in the presentation and the visual presentation, like I could take something that was okay and make it not that look, you ever had look okay, really shiny okay and design. shiny and, and were good. All a designs. No, I'm, I can live with they were B designs, but I got an A out of them. It's all about the art of it's negotiation. Sales. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to convince everybody that it really is as good as you think no it is. No one knows that you argued for that A. It just They just yeah. know you have the A. Yeah. So that was a natural thing. And I think even when I came here, so I interviewed at school. Um, I was the last person like we had, so there was there was a couple of people that had graduated prior that were really well respected at the school and they were here and so Corgan had a great reputation because of that so all the top designers were interviewing at Corgan and literally I was the last interview of the day and at that time there was no HR department right so they they literally went down the list to call and offer positions and so I, I hadn't gotten a call I was the last on the list and I knew the guy that was here. And so I just came up and said, hey, let's go to lunch. And I brought my portfolio. And when I showed up, somebody was walking out doing interviews. And he's like, I'll interview you now. And so I just did an interview on the spot. But I think, again, the presentation and the visuals of stuff, they immediately saw that, like, hey, we could really use this to kind of enhance our uh, ability to kind of um, our visuals and our story. You know, they didn't we didn't call it story then, but that's really what we yeah. were doing. And so it. It, it ended up being a natural progression, just changing the medium from architecture to, I was really long, but you know. So that's okay. It that's, took like seven years to do it. So you got it in like three minutes. Well, but I, I mean, I wanna, <laughs> I wanna ask another question concerning that and then bring these two knuckleheads in um, and I guess hear what they have to say. So where, where was the point in, I mean, obviously, so you've gone to school to become an architect, two years in we start, you know, you start the media lab and then, um, and then you, you, I, I mean, you start down that path. Yeah. I mean, what's the point that you realized, okay, this is the thing 
that I'm here to do. And this, it's this, it's storytelling. It's not about architecture anymore. It's about like, we're telling a story through an image, through an animation. And, and at some point you started doing video as well. Yeah. I think it, it just it evolved naturally. Like it is very technical. So I do think the people that excel in what we do tend to like, you know, that math art thing, right? They tend to be able to work both sides of their brain, have the technical skills to figure out the technology side of things, but then also the artistic skills, skills to be able to tell that story. And so, you know, at first it really was a, big hurdle and challenge on the technical level to get the computer to do what you want it to do. But it quickly evolved into like, you know, someone was like, hey, I need four renderings of this building. I was like, well, great. Where do you, you know, what are you trying to communicate? And so you're already starting and to ask start questions. To tell a story. That, yeah, that's yeah, like, okay, yeah. well, I want to show the entry of the building. All right, well, what's special about the entry of the building? Yeah. You know, and so you start getting that information and then you start, you know, even if it's unintentional, you're using that information then to, to create a story and just a, even an image. Um, now you're still fighting the technology at the time. I don't think we fight it as much as we did then. Well, he doesn't, but. Well, I don't, you might come over to my desk to fight the technology. <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm I do, but to build on that, I think the difference is, and I didn't know this before I worked in an architecture firm, but there's a lot of, most big architecture firms have an, arc, an architectural visualization group. They don't necessarily have, and I'm not degrading them, but they don't necessarily have a storytelling focus. I agree. Group, uh, did you different. did you want me to talk some trash about them? Uh, you can name some <laughs> of the I, groups. I do think Corrigan <laughs> is unique in that. I mean, it was it, it couldn't have been an easy decision for them because even still now, right? Like, there's not a design team that then hands the building off to a construction team that then mm -hmm. hands the building off to CA. It's like an architect takes it from pitch to post you know, occupancy. Mm -hmm. And so for them to have a group of people that specialize in anything is out of the norm. And I don't think that's true for other firms. So it was easy for them to have a, all right, let's just have a 3D group or a or VR group or something like that. But I yeah. do think what makes us unique is that the story is always forefront in what we try to do. Well, so let me then open it up to, uh, what are these guys' names? Michael, Michael Brandon Carmichael. And William. And Ludovic Michaud. Yes, yes, that's I right. feel like that's a pretty damn good French accent. I can do my English for y'all if oh, you like. Please don't. Oh, you want okay. me to do my French accent? <laughs> I bet it's better than yours. <laughs> uh, okay, um, but uh, well, because y'all have now. I mean, you, Brandon, you've been here for ten years. Mm -hmm. uh, Ludo, you've been here for nine. We just learned that. Um, I've been here for six. Glorious. Years. Uh, I mean, yeah, truly glorious. Yeah. I mean, the real, a lot of people say the real heyday of the Media Lab has been since I arrived in 2016. I know 15, at least one 2015. Said that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, you met Adam's dad? But, uh, oh no, I thought you we were referring to me. He's definitely never said that. Um, no, uh, but, but y'all have been here for long enough to where you've had a, a significant influence on the direction of, of the Media Lab and particularly from the storytelling arm. And you come at it from two totally different places. Ludo from animation background, working with big Hollywood directors. Like we're really impressed, Ludo. <laughs> uh, and... Um, you know, working on, on, on the biggest of the big stuff when it comes to storytelling. And Brandon comes from more of a commercial background, though some film as well, but more specifically, less from the technical side and more from the, the storytelling side right. of things. So 
what is, you know, as y'all came into it, you know, tell me about what it was like when you first got here and how things have, have evolved, um, you know, 10 years on you know down what the I'm road. I'm thinking of, I, this was not when we first got here. This was like a year or two into when we got here and we were having, there had been kind of some, a reshuffle and we were having that meeting over in the, the United Corgan East. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was in Corgan East. And we sat down and one of the things that I love about the time that we've been here is John has fostered an environment where it's like, all right, don't worry about what's already happened. Let's figure out like, what is it that we need? What is it that we wanted to do? And gave Ludo and I the, the, um, freedom and the task to go, okay, let's reimagine media lab. What, what was it at that point? Three or 4.0. <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's, or, yeah. let's think about it. Knowing that we want to keep storytelling at the, at the core, what does that look like? And you remember that meeting? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that I call it an opportunity more than freedom. I didn't feel free to say what I want to say, but <laughs> okay, well, let's dig into that. What did you want to say, Ludo? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and unwrap that for him. <laughs> let's uh, and give it give it to me in your most colorful language. <laughs> you really want to pull something out of me, don't you? Yeah, I do. That's what but I'm here that, for. I, I love that. I mean, was, oh yeah, the opportunity for that was, was yeah. incredible. It was a great chance, and it's funny you say a year or two in. It, it had to be a year or two in because I remember my first week or month at the office when suddenly I'm working and everything went black. I'm he like, was what? just trying to fix the server the first year. We had one version, right? And we had to save over it. So like, that, if it didn't work, like you couldn't gone. go back to the last version. It was done. <laughs> yeah, it was that done. feels like a definite shot at IT. <laughs> oh, I don't, it was, it was, no, it was just a nature. Chuck, where we hey, at. Chuck, that was John that said that. Not me. <laughs> All right, keep going, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, after a year of fighting with the server and figuring out the server issues and the technical part of it, um, I, I think it was a great opportunity to redefine, redefine based on our vision, our, the, the global, the, the tree collective, yeah. collective vision of what the lab could be next. And uh, it was a great opportunity. I think it was a great chance to open the doors to get to the VR, to the streaming, to all these things, because today we don't have to redesign what we're doing. We're just adding to it and we keep adding. We're just making the toolbox bigger. Exactly, because we're flexible and scalable at this point. I I will say, like, that has been supported all the way through, again, this sounds a little bit like a plug, but by by the C-suite, and particularly Lindsay, I remember vividly her saying, bring me stuff to say no to. And she has yet to say, I mean, the square is alive today because it was one of those things that I was like, ah, but she's going to say no to this, but I'm going to go pitch when it anyway. That goes back to the start, right? Like Jack was supportive of, of forming the group. And then David was a huge component of the media lab. And I mean, I got to know, I was on his team originally when I was hired, but I got to know him when I was running the lab because we were trying to make it a profit center. Right. So mm-hmm. I was meeting with him uh, on a pretty regular basis about financials yeah. and things like that. And then Bob, who really kind of took a turn of direction, you know, and then we, we were much more inward focused through his career. But and then now our C-suite now with Scott and Steve and Lindsay, like it's always like the reason we're <laughs> successful is because we have those people yeah. um, supporting us to be that way. I so. just want to note that it is annual review time. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, does he say these things? Yes, this will probably he does. Air after April, anyway, so it'll not be if I get it edited really quick. <laughs> uh, he's he's definitely he's come on he's he's pitching for himself here. He he said earlier he's always in sales. 
Um, well, I do want to, before, well, I mean, because we kind of got further down the line than I wanted to go. So when y'all, ten, nine, ten years ago, when you sat in a room and said, okay, what is the vision for, for where we're going to go with this? Um, what, at that, because that was 15 years into the existence of the lab. So tell me about where you were and at that time where you wanted to go. Well, I mean, it's taken some big shifts. I can't remember. Who did we hire? Who did we hire first out of you two? Me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when, when we hired him, we were, we. I was hired originally to do, at, they were, more Media Lab was a separate company. I was hired yeah. to do original content that was completely. Yeah. So our goal then really was, I mean, we were doing, we were doing commercials on TV, music videos, video game cinematics, like all his, basically his background, sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm. We were doing all that stuff, some movie effects. Um, and then we did a piece actually, Brandon came in and, and took over a piece that had gone on for like six months. He finished it in like a week um, for Fossil. And it was a story that, that we were telling about ourselves and what the interiors team did with the Fossil Wait, so, so Brandon came in as an employee or he was a freelancer? No, he came in, in as, that? we hired okay. him. And it was like, hey, this has been going on for a while. We need you to like finish this to, thing. To make it a real yeah. story. Uh, and then like, you know, it was like, turn like strap into the jet rocket or whatever the fastest thing you know is because that's what we're doing <laughs> that's that was an interesting turn of phrase there uh jet rocket. so <laughs> so uh what 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 did you what did when you came in to work on that what did you actually get in and edit the thing what what did you do on yeah that? so we we picked it up i think storyboards had already been created yeah. but that was about as far as it had gone and so for six months, what was going on? I'm exaggerating, but it was a long time. <laughs> okay, okay. We have other projects besides All right, that one. Okay, well, and okay. you were more focused on renders and animation at that point. You still did live video, but it wasn't as much as what we do now. Yeah, I mean, the big thing back then was like we kept things in buckets. So like mm -hmm. if you needed a rendering, it was a rendering. If you yeah. needed an animation, it was 100% animation. If you need a video, it was 100% video. If it was motion graphics, 100%. You weren't mixing any media. Right, and that, yeah. that's... That's been a Fossil big was change. Kind of the start of that yeah. shifting. Now, yeah. you know, it's now we're taking live plates and we're doing CG and we're adding motion design. And so I don't wait, remember the last uh, time we did a piece that, that was that just was not one mixed. thing. Let's yeah. get back to let's yeah. get back. So you came in, you had, or well, you strapped into the jet rocket. Yeah, you got it. No, he was the jet rocket. Oh, he yeah. was okay. See, you're <laughs> he was the pilot. Metaphor is all over the place here. <laughs> So uh, you were the pilot of yourself as the jet, <laughs> as jet rocket, rocket that you yeah, strapped yeah. into. Yeah. It's, it's breaking apart. It's getting uh, weird. <laughs> it is getting weird. Um, but so, so what did Strap you do out. on that project? So we did, we um, finished off the storyboards, got everybody to kind of agree that that was the way they wanted to go, hired a crew, got it shot, and then yeah, that, that piece. At the time, I so was... So there was nothing, there was nothing even shot. Mm -mm. At, okay. at the time, I yeah. was the, uh, the, the video department <laughs> at the time. There was no editors or anything else. So that piece I edited, and based on that piece, um, hired Luke, who... Luke, you've got to give a shout-out in here somewhere. Yeah. Did, um, he, did he shoot Fossil with you? No, that was <laughs> Justin and, and June. But, um, but um, worked with some guys that I'd worked at previ with previously, and, and they, didn't, they made me look awesome. It's all about making that B product look like an A. Well, so we showed that piece then to Bob and others, and they 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 watched it, and I think you could like see the gears turning in the head, like, oh wait, how this do, is way more valuable this, yeah. than the revenue they're generating doing all this stuff, yeah. this crazy 
you know, well, commercials. When, when, and, I, when I got here, I mean, I guess it was roughly four years after that, the Fossil video was still talked about. It had been used in a million different interviews and yeah. used in all kinds of stuff, and it was still talked about as kind of the gold standard. And I think y'all had just recently done... Uh, what, Toyota? What was no, the Toyota before well, that? It was, right? No, it was, no, no, it was after, after that. that. Yeah. yeah. What, what it, it, up in New York, watch company. Oh, oh Bolivar. Bolivar, there you yeah. go. I think, but just to put something in there before you get too far down that road, I will distinctly remember, because it was like within six months of me being hired, was when Bob came through and he said, okay, we don't want you guys to focus anymore on outside work. We just want you to focus yeah. on us. And that wasn't what I had gotten hired to do. So John and I went to lunch and he was like, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, I, I, and this is absolutely still true today. I absolutely loved the people that I worked with. And in production, there's some people you, you even love working love with me? some people you don't. I loved at the time the people I worked oh, with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so see, that was a shot at me, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, but then afterwards, it, he was, I was like, okay, I'll give it three months and let's see what happens. And that was nice. Well, as a follow-up, I, I, I'd be really curious to hear Bob's take on, because, you know, he had to have that conversation with me, right? Yeah. And I was the one pushing the direction for us to go out. And I tell you later why we did that. But um, I'm sure for him, he was like, you know, I'm going to go in there and ask this guy to stop working on commercials and, and videos to just work on our stuff. How's he going to react? Is he going to flip the table and, <laughs> and run out the door screaming? That, and, that would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, great I mean, video. you know, he knew me, but he didn't know how I'd react to that. Like he knew as a group, we enjoyed doing that other stuff and we still do, we still do. some of that stuff. Um, and we try to bring it in the architecture store. <clears throat> well, so, so, uh, let's get back to that, you know, that evolution question. Like, so when, the y'all were having that uh conversation what was the vi give me the picture of what the vision was 10 years ago i think we had just nine finished ago. toyota when yeah. we had that conversation yeah. toyota was the first big one that ludo and i collaborated on and so what well, you know what actually let me back up real quick so y'all bob after six months after fossil bob comes down and says hey we want to it was probably a lot sooner but yeah okay so we john just uses six months as a crutch as a placeholder apparently <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So, uh, so Bob comes down, months. realizes the value of it, and says, "Hey, we want to, we want y'all to stop doing change your work. focus." Yeah. yeah, that's a big. That's not what you felt like you got hired for at all. And how long after was it that y'all then sat down? The three of y'all sat down and said, "Okay." It's probably a year later. Yeah, because I'm not there yet. I, yeah, I'm not part of those discussions. Okay, yet. so then a year later, when Ludo arrives, you all sit down and say, "What is the vision of this place?" I mean, I mean, annual planning has always been part of what we do, right? So it's always yeah. A, but when you say annual planning, everyone falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they need to go to better annual planning. <laughs> That's like if, true. If you're not awake during that stuff, it does determine your future. If you don't right? have bean bags <laughs> at your annual planning meeting, you're not living. Yeah. Well, but but so but, but I mean I want to know though like what was the picture at that time of where we'll be five years down the road ten years? I, down I really don't think it's, it's that different from it, what yeah. It has, I mean even from like day one like it, it's been about telling stories and then and then you know luckily we work for a firm that that helps support the purchasing of the tools to let us do that. I mean if everyone that's watching this could see what we actually see. Um, I mean, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, I think where we wanted behind to, the camera. Yeah. I think yeah. Ludo, tell me if you agree with this. I think where we wanted to go is where we are, how we got there may be a little different from what we expected. Yeah. I, I think we were wanting to have more of a focus on external work. I mean, I remember at one of our planning meetings, we were like, well, we want to get something submitted, you know, for Emmys and Oscars. 
Yeah. And 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 we we aren't getting the outside. We don't have the. Um, we still have outside clients, but we don't. We're not having the outside focus. We're having the focus on creating wild moments for Corgan. But we've got two documentaries in the work. We've got this podcast. We've got a bunch of things that we had always wanted to do. We're just doing them in a different way than we expected. When I think our structure changed too, that came out of that meeting. Yeah, that's it true. wasn't so much yeah, a vision. Structure, the the structure vision was the same as like, okay, if we're going to achieve this vision and we're going to do it successfully, like where are the bottlenecks, what's not working. And so we really created a whole new structure, created your job, um, separated that, got me out of the day-to-day -day production aspects, except for where, where we think it'll be most beneficial. And so that had a big impact in our, that was probably the single best thing we did. Yeah. Getting was John just out of ripping day -day John out of the day to day. <laughs> Because yeah, I got a lot more sleep the, after we did that. <laughs> the bottlenecks and yeah, challenge areas yeah. just all happen to be in the day. Now Ludo and I are the challenges yeah, yeah. and the yeah. bottlenecks. Just, just pushed it down the road. Well, you know what? That's true. I can actually speak to that from my experience that <laughs> there's your are the bottlenecks <laughs> exactly. and the challenge areas. But see, there's two instead yeah, of one. Yeah, yeah that's true. So that better. really spreads <laughs> the load. Uh, so, so Brandon, I've got to ask you then why, if you came here thinking this is going to be commercial job, you're, I'm assuming you're trying you to get rid of them to, or you like, <laughs> I, Hey, Hey, there's something I need a, to tell you guys. There's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's a you method to my madness here. And oh, if you sorry, don't I'll, think I'll that it, if you don't think that it ends with Brandon leaving today, <laughs> taking the mic and walking yeah, out, you're wrong. It's my mic. No, uh, but, but having a certain vision of where you were at in your career and where you thought you were going when you came here and then you're told hey you're going to do videos about airports yeah the, and know, and i don't mean to say it as though like no 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 but I, you know I what i'm you. saying like it's the, a difference between the commercial world and i you know it's a different been, world it is. conflicted on your last job anyway based off of the uh, data yeah. that we got when they i <laughs> took a uh, an aptitude not an aptitude test an attitude test no or? it was just a oh boy you like failed the attitude test i actually did yeah. and they hired me anyway i don't know so really it's said he was them. very conflicted at the time <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's it's funny i actually still do i do a lot of the same things and even more than what I did and what I, where I wanted to be, it's just way less people see it. So, you know, the stuff that we're doing here um, at the Media Lab, instead of it being something, you know, like the shorts and other things that I did before that premiered to hundreds of people, now it premieres to 12. And it, yeah. and it may go away after that, but there's this, I don't know, it's, there's a freedom to it a little bit. I had a good friend that um, he he over a summer he had a group of friends and he was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna shoot a film and then we're gonna premiere it once and then we're gonna burn the negatives. This was actual film and that's what they did. And there's this there's this freedom to not you're, you're still putting out a high quality product. You still want to tell a really compelling and engaging story, but it's about the experience of doing it. And the thing to answer your original question, the thing that's kept me here for nine, ten years. And I know this sounds a little bit, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Pompous? Yeah, no. Windbaggy? It sounds a little... Arrogant? Uh, no. No, because oh. I wasn't going to say you. What's that? There you <laughs> go. Something. Um, I, I, know, I know this is something that a lot of, I've heard other companies say this, but it, it absolutely is this team. Like, being able to create with this team is one of the reasons why we have an extremely low turnover rate is because... Once people get here, we never let them go. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to stay. It's, it's, uh, it's a fun group. That didn't feel very inviting, I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. Luke, Luke's first 
<clears throat> first or second day on the job was a 16 hour flight to Dubai. And Luke's been here <laughs> nine years. And for some reason he, he sticks around, but it's, it absolutely is the people I get to play with. Luke is awesome. And I will say that the story I've heard, he jumped on that flight to Dubai, sat down in his seat and did Window not seat. get up Window even seat. to use the bathroom once because he had a full entertainment system. I've never at seen his anybody disposal. exit a plane so quickly once we got to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, that's a Luke in a nutshell. I think we ought to do an episode that just features Luke and me. Yeah. That would be uh, interesting. So, um, well, I, I so I I get why you have stayed this long, the the long time and Luna, we're gonna get back to you. Don't you worry. Why you stayed? Why you stayed ten years? But what I what I really want to know is in that moment when when John comes to you and says the thing I sold you on isn't gonna happen. We're gonna do this other thing. Why did you want to stay then? I just I I just wanted to tell great stories. I really did, and I wanted to do them in in new and engaging ways. And I know that sounds a little bit salesy, but that's just what I really I I don't. I get the biggest rush when we get to do something and I see it click with people like that, that just amps me up. And now you have to do it in better and bigger and sometimes newer ways, which we get to do with XR and, and other things. But, but I just love telling great stories. So if I'm telling it for 10 people or I'm telling it for 10,000 people, it's as long as I'm telling a great story, I'm happy. Was there, I mean, was there anything to do with the instantaneous feedback of whether it's you're handing that off to the team that's going to, to an interview or, or yeah, I, I will say that's, you know, that we got one thing that I never really got because we never paid for any kind of market research and we did our shorts and, <clears throat> and docs. I know, like the audience either liked it or not. And I never got any one on one kind of feedback on it. I definitely get one on one feedback. Usually it's good, <laughs> yeah. but I get I get input and I get to work with the people that are presenting it like we get to whether it's for a pitch or or it's, you know, we sat down with Toyota to try and do um, a series because they were trying to get a bunch of their workforce to relocate from LA and the, literally was sitting in the, with the marketer directing is like, we, they just think everybody rides cows and there's a bunch of fields. And so we got to do this whole um, pitch in terms of like being able to bring them. We created a, they wanted a one video. I think we ended up doing like four or five, but we did a VR experience where they, people were able to take the experience home with Google Cardboard to their houses and share it with their families. It was, it was really focused on the story and not yeah. a deliverable. Well, I think something you see, like, so we, we get to interview a lot of Corgan's clients too, right? Yeah. And so when you go there and you interview somebody and they literally, like, like Corgan has changed their life, right? Yeah. Like you can see their appreciation when you're interviewing them. They're emotional about it. Like, you know, you're at a, a good company, yeah. Then, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, well, like they're going to let me tell great stories and their clients love them. And it's really easy. I don't know. It's just easy. And there's pieces that we, I'll go back and watch now that you still like, you know, get a little tear in your eye. Like, yeah, yeah we, that we nailed that one. Like that was good. Uh, you so. always have been a crybaby. <laughs> uh, yeah. And to be clear, I mean, it, this, this is, you know, I want to find out the history of how we arrived here. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk Brandon out of the building. I have other plans for that. <laughs> um, but now I want to, I'm going to swing the guns over to uh, Ludo here. You got this, Ludo. And, yeah, I'd uh, like to clarify one thing. I'm being, I'm the one called talkative. I think, you know, this is. I'm sorry, you're called what? Talkative. Oh, talkative. 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 Yeah. We got that? Uh -huh. got okay, good. Continue. Well, I'm not. I, I'm the quiet guy. I don't cuss. I don't He's the well, would you strong, silent, handsome type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can put Ludo uh, behind the curtain. 
I don't. There's a lot of things I could say right now, and frankly, my brain is collapsing on itself because it's just too much. So I'm gonna just go past that. Uh, so you, I mean, in in the industry that that in the industry that we're in, you know, the kind of the peak of that, or at least the perceived peak of it, is is Hollywood, is movies, you know, and working on things like Spy Kids or working with a director like Robert Rodriguez is you know that's that's at the very that's at the top level of the game and you were doing all that stuff and you you have told me off camera some of those stories in colorful ways (laughs) but but what what made you say hey i want to stop working on this huge entertainment stuff and i want to go to work for an architecture firm as a as a vfx you know expert you know why 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 corgan well, I like to, to think that I, I got lucky enough for, along my career to find places that needed help or had cha- good challenges, right? Did you hear that, Brandon? Uh, oh, I needed a lot of help. Well, what I mean is when I get to Genimation, why I moved to Genimation is because it, they were in the right place, but he needed some help on the technical side to get them to the next level. Yeah. And uh, skip the, the, the years and stuff, go to get to Corgan. When I got here, it was you saw, I saw a great vision. I saw a great idea. A great direction, which is something that would lack that would lack on other places a lot. The vision, which I needed a vision to be able to go forward, and the really the first thing that happened to me within the first month was this place had challenge written all over it. <laughs> and okay, that's even aside that, from the uh, <laughs> that is a uh, that is a shot. I don't know who that's a shot at, but that is a shot. It was written in French, so it was easy for him to read. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's a well, shot. I, like, that's a fairness, shot right like, back. Both you two, uh, I think we were recruited by the same person, yes, Fran, Fran. That you had a tremendous amount of respect for. Absolutely, absolutely. So, it, for I'm guessing it's not a huge leap. Like I came here because I respected somebody in my upper class, right? And they came here. So while it, I don't know, it's, it's probably less of a risk, right? When you're like, okay, well, this person yeah, I have yeah, respect yeah. for works there and says, hey, you should come work here, and it's a great place. Then it does it does help a yeah. lot. Yeah, but like I said, within the first month, challenge was written all over this place. So <laughs> it kind of first helped. project. The first <laughs> Who was the most challenging? No, I think the, I think it was the, technical. The, the, the technical. Okay, server. I don't think the, the, the server. The people so, challenge came a little later. It's really the, the machine thing. Right. That, that just so our working list so far is Chuck Blackford. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out there because I know you don't want to say it, but does it rhyme with? Carmichael. Carmichael. <laughs> uh, well, no, but uh, so so take it back to, then you don't have to name names of any of the companies that you've already named of who you worked for where you didn't see a vision. What did you, what did you not see there, and what did you see here that that, oh, that made you see? Lack, uh, in some places, it was lack thereof. And I'm not going to name drop. drop yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I think it really was just a lack of vision. There was no like when you say where are we five years from now, there was, was no there was no answer. There just was there was no, a lot of hope. Well, they may have a vision, but weren't able to execute that. Well, I, you know, we've uh, had conversations think, right think, where it's like yeah. took on a job that they shouldn't have taken on exactly because they had a vision that they wanted to be here, but they didn't really they know didn't how to get there. They didn't understand what it cost to be there in yeah. the first place. And I think it was a great place to be at, at the media lab at the time because. Well, it, well, hang on, hang on. Before we jump to that. What so what when you sat down with John for the first time, what was what what was the vision that you that he articulated to you that you that you 
clung well, to. You talked about the storytelling. It was the one thing at that lunch I remember. Brendan was there. friend was there. Was there anybody else? I don't think so. I think it was no. just us. And um, they sat down with me, and they really Wait, talked down. about what the storytelling is part. And, and we're not just visualization. We're not just doing visualization. We're also trying to tell stories about things. And, and, and they had just come, they were still working on Fussel, I think, at the time, or close to being finished or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they were, they were on the Fussel piece. And um, really, it was just like they asked me, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I just want to have fun and, and just do something that I can appreciate. And I think on the, on the, on the appreciative part, knowing that your, your name was on the silver screen a few times is rewarding, but the cost of it is... <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't take, carry you very that, far. That takes the reward pretty much out of yeah. it, right? Wait till and, it goes from the screen to television. It zips by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, people can skip it now, yeah. right? In a, uh, in a little but, box. <laughs> yeah, but, but with, with, um, with Corgan, I think to me, to know when I see somebody picking up the renders or picking up an animation piece or whatever, whether it goes to 12 or 600 people or a thousand, whatever it is, knowing that the person that takes that piece and you see their, you see in their face that they, they're like, oh, okay, now I, I have a way to tell what I've been envisioning this whole time and I, I have something that will support what I'm trying to say to these people. And, and it feels, to me, that, that, that's the biggest reward really at the end of the day is to see people like, oh, heck yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna help us get where we want with these people or whoever it is. Yeah. We, can, we can express our ideas better, we can express our story better, whatever it is, because we focus on that, right? That's really our focus. And, and uh, whether it's technically, technically or not, I do miss exploding building. I will tell you right now, that's one thing I do miss. Uh, we're going to get said, you that job where we get to explode yeah. a building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that said, uh, I mean, everything else I do, the challenge is how fast can I get something that used to take so long that now I, I need to figure out a way to do it in 15 minutes now, right? So it's always been a constant challenge. Now, now, how can I do it in real time? You know, now we're in the real time stage. We're at the, the, the VR, the virtual reality, where how do you put people in there and it looks so good that you're like, oh my God, am I really there or not, right? All of that. And he still ends up getting out. How many renders did we do last year? Three, four hundred? Oh, more than that. Well, yeah, we were close to averaging two a day. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it is, so all of the technical and creative expertise to make some of these stories come to life, in addition to still doing some of the stuff that you just have to do as part of an architecture firm, which is the renders. Yeah. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of work. So, <clears throat> I know we're, we're going long here, but I mean, it's probably due to the brilliance of my hosting yep. it's yeah, been a sure. really Absolutely. amazing question just engrossing conversation <laughs> and it's going to continue y'all thought i was about to wrap it up but i'm not uh so this is sort of i mean this makes me cringe because i feel like it's about the most pompous thing you know you can say when you get into this business where you don't label yourself a filmmaker or an artist which are kind of pompous enough uh depending upon from whom that statement is coming but uh the i think the parlance of our time is to wrap it up in i'm a storyteller yeah and stephen king mm. doesn't refer to himself as a storyteller and he's one of the most prolific storytellers of our time and without you know belaboring the point any further storytelling is an important part of of how we relate to each other in a community, in a city, in a state, in a country. It's important in how we communicate our vision for a building in this case. It's important about how we communicate a vision for our future and, um, you know, politics or just in culture in, in our country. 
So what what is the what is what are we striving for at the lab? Like what 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 do we want to do as storytellers? Free alcohol. Okay, well that sums it up pretty quickly and doesn't paint a very good picture. Uh, no, I think um, like I mean the core for me and like so I was at a Simon Sinek lecture. He's the guy that starts with why. If you haven't seen it, look it up, watch it. I will not. We will put it in the description below. But I was sitting at no, in the in his lecture, which was very similar to the video I'd already previously watched, and I was thinking like, okay, what is it about architecture that's very similar to what I do in uh, videos and and uh, animation? And it and it for me it came down to a couple of things: is is um, education or educate and inspire. So, uh, you know, again, I think if we can inform people, they'll make better decisions. If we can inspire them, they're actually gonna take some action. So, you know, most of the stuff that we do tries to do that, right? So even in architecture, like, you know, the action may be as simple as get an approval on a design, right? And you're informing them and you're giving them all the information of this is what the building's really gonna look like. We don't, in architecture, we don't want a surprise like walk in the building when it's done and be like, I didn't know that it was going to look like this. Isn't it Not awesome anymore. that there's a hole in that wall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize there was going to be an escalator there. We did a video actually for Terminal D and we came through security. There was an escalator right in your view, you know, and they saw it and they were like, we, we don't want an escalator. Well, no, they were like, with the, everyone was under the impression they were going to be able to see the gates from security, right? So mm -hmm. you would you know where you're going, which is a line, you know, line of sight, wayfinding. This is, this is not a video. This is an animation you did Correct. prior to. Okay. Yeah, prior I to. I want to clarify that. And they saw it, and they were like, we hate it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we got to move that escalator. And so, great. It's a good thing we did the animation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, it saved time and money and, and was a better product for it. So in that case, it was, you know, educating, and we inspired somebody to take action, which was move the escalator. So it can be something simple like that, but it can be bigger, more powerful things. And so, you know, when we get to tell the bigger stories, um, if we get to work with a company, you know, that has a mission statement that's, you know, bigger and beyond themselves, th those are the things that generally, you know, really excite us, uh, excite me. And then hiring like-minded people that have very similar beliefs in that storytelling. Yeah, it's a responsibility too. like I totally agree with you that the term storyteller is kind of overused. But I bet in your example, um, you know, Stephen King would be the first to admit that telling a really compelling, engaging story is is not easy. Like there's there. Are well, and I, I want to be real quick to say I've never met or spoken to Stephen King. Maybe he does call himself a storyteller, <laughs> at least a writer. But he would be OK in doing so yeah. because he's so prolific. If. Stephen, if you are watching this podcast and want to have a conversation with us, we're happy to do I, that. Happy to. Does um, it make you ill that I write on my jury selection, my occupation as storyteller? It it makes me cringe, yes. Yeah. I feel <laughs> I feel instantly nauseous right yeah, now. I, Perfect. I, I don't know how to say this without sounding pompous, but I'll just say it. We were at a, at a meeting in Phoenix um, for the beginning of a project, and we were just there to... to be available to help with just some simple production needs. We were not leading any creative on it. And it, be, it was an all-day meeting, and it became very clear very quickly that the firm that they had hired to do the creative on the project in terms of the presentation and whatnot um, had very much a, a what mindset, to use the Simon Sinek golden circle, instead of the why mindset. They were just all about getting to whatever the deliverable is and how do we get to that. And when we started asking the why questions, this is in a room of what, 20, do you remember the meeting I'm talking about? I don't know the project yet, but I don't like where it's going. Yeah, there was a room of like <laughs> 25, 30 people. I have and, a guess. And but. all of a sudden, 
they were they were like, yeah, why? I, I felt bad for the because we kind of started asking questions that I don't think they really wanted to ask. But asking that why and letting that be the foundation of each story and then taking that responsibility serious, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a, a data center video with motion graphics and animation and drone footage or an XR experience or a Toyota animation or a TikTok video. Each medium has different. <laughs> each medium has different ways of telling a compelling What's story. What yeah. am TikTok? <laughs> each medium has different ways of telling a compelling story, but the responsibility is the same. And it either you engage in and and get people's, you know, like you said, that you educate and inspire, or you don't. And yeah. that's a big responsibility. I think that's a. It's a really interesting. It's really interesting to think about it in that that way. That's that it doesn't matter what story you're telling that is going to evoke some sort of response. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's almost, almost physics in the sense of for each action, help me out here, Ludo, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yes, that's you correct. nailed it. And Good job. Awesome, man. I, I read a brief history of time, but I didn't understand <laughs> any of it. Um, but, but um, you know, and, and particularly, and in, in I don't know how far into the, um, weeds we want to get philosophically here uh but i it's interesting to talk about that in in our time you know we're in the midst of a global pandemic and 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 we can stay out of the politics of all of it but i think it's interesting to to talk about it in the, from the standpoint of the responsibility of person telling story whether you're news or whether you're the media lab or take your pick robert rodriguez whatever the responsibility of the outcome of what you say and I feel like I think a lot of people you know feel like what they have to say is very important yes maybe too many of us feel <laughs> that way um, but but what is the outcome of those things that people are screaming from the rooftops and I you know to that end I, I would say um, another I think overused word is is to inspire we want to inspire some sort of action and i you know we have to be very careful about the actions which we inspire um it's overused because you basically tell it to us every single day that we've worked here john yeah, yeah. well no it's no. it funny like i like you notice a word way more once you kind of identify yeah. with it and for sure it seems to have gotten more and more and more popular uh, over the years, even though for sure this certainly I feel like I I, I defined the word. <laughs> okay, well that Webster. feels really. Uh, <laughs> what was the word you were looking for? And really, there pompous. wasn't anything. Pompous and arrogant are two words that do come to mind. Uh, the the but, other word is connote. <laughs> well, inside baseball, there it was just for Pamela. Just, you're still not using it right. You're still so far from using it right. Um, but no, but but the idea, one of the things we talked about coming into the meeting or the meeting, the, the show here was um, that informed people make better decisions. Uh, and so I'm just going to throw this out there and let y'all wrestle for the mic. I feel like it's going to be more of a challenge to get one of you to speak first. But what uh, what is the responsibility? Like, I mean, which, you know, in this in this day of fungible truth. Like what, what is the, what is there a right way to tell a story? 
I've done a lot of talking. I, I have an answer, but I don't want to. Let's you know what? Let's let the Canadian speak first, yeah. Ludo. I, I don't know that it's the right way. I think it's the. He's way American. You know what? He is an American citizen, and we all celebrated that. Yeah. It's not so much as a right way as a, a, a way that, that everybody can connect to, right? So I, I like to say that when I do my pipeline, is it's, there's no such thing as a wrong way. As long as everybody goes that way, then it becomes the right way. So wait, when you started, we weren't doing it the wrong way? <laughs> no, oh. no, not at all, not at all. It was an interesting okay, way. Let's uh, mark that down. You're leading them into that one. <laughs> that, uh, that's what we call, call precedence. There's a, there's <laughs> a roundabout way. Yeah, that was an interesting way. Interesting is a key word. Uh, but, uh, you, know, I, you know, inspire is very important, and I'm not going to use that right now, but um, I think you have to understand what a building is and what it does, especially today it's very important to understand what, what, what we do. And I think it's it's not some what what does it represent? It represents safety, it represents memories, and 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 many other things. But those are probably the two big things you can think of when you think of a building. It's safe, you know. It's it's a roof over your head. It's safety. It's it's memories. Things are going to happen here that people will remember forever or or forget tomorrow, whatever. Um, but I, I, if you can get people to connect to this, I think that's where the the keywords come in and that's where the emotion comes in or it doesn't come in and so on and so forth. I think that to me is what gets me hooked to this stuff is to be able to bring that and, and help people, uh, you know, approach these subject and, and understand what they're about to get into and really want to go there because they think it's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really interesting way to say it. Um, do, do y'all want to add on to that? We do and don't get to choose the stories we tell, but I do think if there was a story that we were telling that we didn't believe in, we just wouldn't, yeah, we, you know, we would. Somehow they end up magically at the bottom well, of the list. Well, they just wouldn't do it, like, right? So, I mean, we're, we're telling stories and, and about products that we believe in. I, I do think that there's, I mean, not to use the word responsible again, but I think that there's the responsibility. I would disagree. I think there is a wrong way to tell a story, and there is a right way. The right way isn't a method. And it's not necessarily, it's not that you can't tell a story different ways and they would all be the right way, but the wrong way to do it is to not correctly handle the story, to, to not be faithful to the story, to interject your own opinion. To be it. grossly manipulative in exactly. one direction or another. And if, it's, if, it's, if you are you know, correctly and responsibly handling that story and you let that story speak for itself, you let it be something that can inspire but engage and... and potentially change people's behavior or motivate them to behavior, then I think that was the right way to tell that story. Well, and to be clear, because of the way you cringed when you said inspire, uh, I, I, inspirations, ugh. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's a, I mean, to inspire someone to any form of action, I mean, I think is a, is a noble goal. I just think the ubiquity of the term these days is, it's just it's just over. Well, I, think, I mean, there's a wide range, right? Thought. Like yeah. sometimes we want to inspire someone it's to like, approve a design, we right? We don't need to inspire people yeah. to You're, eat French fries. Like that's not, you know, that's <laughs> like that's just. There's a, a lot of commercials that try to do that. That's every just a transaction, day, you know. <laughs> but 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 there is a I you know I would say to defend what we do here um, that that you know to 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 the goal of telling the story of a space you know, and, and to, to motivate or inspire, you know, action accordingly, um, I think is a, is, is a, is a lofty goal in terms of being storytellers. Um, so we're, we're getting to the, uh, middle 
to <laughs> oh if you think we're halfway through this thing then you're sorely mistaken you should uh someone turn the camera around on the cameraman he just rolled yeah. his eyes <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was getting into None um, of us knew what we were getting into. <laughs> no, I want to. I want to take us into the home stretch here and uh, let us know about what. Uh, tell us what your favorite projects have been working at Corgan. Are you actually? You know what? Give me your favorite Corgan project and give me your favorite non-Corgan project. I mean, from your former lives. So well, my seven years working with actors. No, I'll give you some architectural and stuff that was yeah, non-architectural. You know. Yeah. So. Um, the we got the opportunity to do the AICP awards. It was literally just the um, sponsor reel, but it's a big deal. It's an honor to get to do the sponsor reel. And right. like, if you screw the it up, Association of Indem Independent Commercial Producers. Yeah, and if you screw it up, every single uh, post production oh, no. production <laughs> facility <laughs> creative agency in the it's Texas region, not just yeah. Dallas, will see it. Yeah, so. Um, of course, we were young and naive when we took it on, and uh, um, but it's a piece I'm still really proud of. I think it's on our, it's there, one of our first things ever posted on Vimeo. And were there any late uh, nights on that project, or was it yeah, pretty much well, nine so to five? We went down to the hill country to film it, and it rained for like three days straight. Well, and so it was like, yeah. guess what? It's going to have a somber mood to it. <laughs> yeah. And so we just evolved the creative with it. So. Um, that one, there's a, I mean, there's so many that we did really great creative stuff. We did work for Army Air Force Exchange Services, where we got to brand their in-store television. So basically, they're bigger than Walmart. So tons of people got to see that work. We did some really cool stuff for a greeting cards company that's still some of our best, like, like animation, like character animation yeah. and, and concept design work. Um, on the architectural side, like... Super proud of Fossil, the the pitch video for Toyota. We talk about Toyota, but Toyota was like, you know, it was like three three years long or something. Yeah. So there was the pitch, which, um, you know, part of what we have to do is prove our worth. Like, I don't, I don't want to say every year, but there is a piece of that that like, you know, Corgan pays a lot of money for us. So what's the value? What's the end return? Um, that was a great example of it right we we produced this video to show our excitement about doing toyota's headquarters and it made an impact in the interview and they said it made an impact so it's like can you put that in writing so we can <laughs> show it to them every just now and then frame it yeah. yeah um we got to do that for another i don't we probably can't say large electronics company this year oh, um yeah. it definitely had an impact on that interview um, I actually don't know what you're referring to, but please that's continue. Good. That's perfect. Yeah. Confidential project. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so those are really good. And then on the VFX side for me, you have um, some of that airport work where you really get to like dive in. So um, DFW, we've done some really incredible stuff with green screen and uh, visual effects and things like that. And then Sacramento, which really was like this great long project that we did a lot of versions for. So yeah. that's that's one of each, right? <laughs> it felt like more, but that's okay. Ludo, uh, go ahead. Oh, the list goes on, right? Uh, I, I, I personally think my first Spike in movies was probably one of my most memorable, like, uh, prideful moment. Prideful moment. Is that a yeah, sure. Prideful one of the things moment. you're most proud of. Proud of yeah. um, in my career. Um, how, I, I what, how long did you work on that? Oh, God, I don't want to talk about that part. Okay. In, in hours, night. days, or yeah, years? There was a lot of nights and, and cut and, to and Brandon. <laughs> I think one of my 
another part, we keep talking about Robert, uh, but I'd like to bring the fact that I did get the chance to work with uh, director of photography like David, David Dreyer that, that directed uh, the photography on uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. And I had the chance to work with this guy for three months on and just, you know, getting the stuff out of his brain or, or shaking the hand of... Uh, of Ray Harry Hausen. I mean, uh, these guys are just, those are my inspiration <laughs> right at the end of the day. And yeah. uh, that, that's that's the cool thing that I got to do so far. And here, I think uh, the the other piece of it, the other AICP piece that we did. Uh, we did it two years. Two so, years. Yeah. And, and the second one, I think that that's probably my most fun one. This is where I had the chance to really collaborate with, with Brendan and, and, and work on, on collaborating and supporting each other with our medium, right? You had yeah. the great story out of it. I had the, the effects, I, I think, came out good. I mean, literally every and, shot, we were like, okay, this is kind of what I was thinking a little bit because there were VFX elements in every shot. And he goes, well, this is what I'm thinking. How do we make this work? Well, and there was, was no story without the VFX. It would have oh, just been 100%. like, oh, that's a cool shot of a plane. Yeah. Or something. yeah. 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 <laughs> and and uh, But that, that would be probably today my, my here would be one of my most proud moments. So, Brandon, let's see if you can name drop better than Ludo. Well, I, I did want to ask him well, one. Cause Mark did, Bezos. Are you going to list Amazon? <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to ask him how he felt about us trying to physically build <laughs> well, that was, a rig for 24 hours. Oh, hold, on, no, hold, no, on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The whole story is now I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and jump in on that one. Um, I remember, because I was not the producer on that. That was that was my compadre, my compatriot, yeah. Mark, who's Which behind camera right now. Which is probably why it was so successful, that, that project. Yeah, well, except for the building of that sign. And I remember walking in the room when... I remember walking in the room when this was proposed and I think even saying out loud, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but you say that a lot. I was not the played. producer. Well, first off, what percentage of the time do we listen yeah. to you? I, well, listen to me or a period, I, it's very low. But I remember then walking back into the room while y'all were constructing it and witnessing the disaster take place and just thinking sometimes like what your parents must have felt like, well... They're going to have to They'll learn figure one way it out. or another. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Brian. Um, you know, I, I think uh, two projects that I'm really proud of um, outside of Corgan. One was uh, Divide that we shot. Uh, it's funny. Once I started working Still at Corgan. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's in the edit. <clears throat> once, once I started working at Corgan, um, I hate doing this while you're sitting right next to me because it really makes you look good. You, but you want me to just lean back and you can like, talk, look in Ludo's I go, eyes? Yeah. So I go to John. I was like, John, I need to take a week off and I'm going to go to Colorado and shoot this. And he's like, well, that sounds awesome. He's like, do you want me to come cook for you? Do you want Amber and I to come cook for you? And I was like. Or PA or anything. Yeah. Just I was like, yeah, whatever. if you want to. He ends up Yeah, PA'ing. I would never do that. I want yeah, to be clear I, about No, that I anymore. would never expect that of you. I got a drone credit in uh, there somewhere. You got, he right? PA'd. Yeah. He got an aerial DP credit, and um, and they cooked incredible meals for no, the No, that wasn't me. That crew. was my wife. Um, but that's something I'm really proud of that's yeah. being wrapped up. Um, and then um, the other thing that I'm, I'm really – project I'm really excited about that hasn't even been shot yet is a documentary that we're looking at doing on – I don't know how much I want to get into that. Arcade, there was well you were doing one for families that were really struggling with uh with um, the one shot to live yeah. which is super cool there was like, there's kids with rare diseases that yeah. are genetic rare diseases and they can basically get this one shot um and it either works or it doesn't and they can wait 
three or four years to get this shot, and it costs millions of dollars, and it's cutting-edge technology, but it's so really... Basically, if he says, I have an idea, and I'm going to do this, you just go like, yeah, cool, what can I do? <laughs> But those those kids. Wait, who who says yeah? Cool looking. I, I say that. Oh, I got it. Hundred okay. percent. Because again, I am out. Yeah. No, we. Know. Um, I PA'd on some but, crazy zombie films for yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you've had you've ridden yeah. the roller coaster. Yeah. Here at Corrigan, um, one that definitely stands out for me, aside from Fossil, is Amazon because that one, um, we we it was an extreme. Unlike a lot of these projects, it was an extremely short project. We had basically two weeks. And um, there was a company that was kind of managing, it was a, a firm that was kind of managing the overall. Well, I think go back response. even before, right? Like once we knew that that Amazon was building a new H, the HQ2, right. right? And we knew that Dallas was an area, we said, we want to do the video for Dallas, yeah. right? Like there's how many ad agencies were probably lining up and yeah. production studios and like, but we were just like, hey, let's figure out how we get to do this. So we went to our CEO suite and they were connected Made in. Made some phone calls. Yeah, and, and then they were like, hey, let, you know, we showed them our reel and they're like, all right, let's do this. And then, yeah. and then we worked with this yeah. firm and they were really managing more of the print side. And so, cause originally we were like, well, we'll just do kind of the production side, but we just want to be a part of this. And then they came and they were like, here's what we're doing on the print side and we're, we're we're integrating the use of this ampersand. What what do you think? And it gave us the opportunity to really partner with them on the creative, and come up with a, a video that I'm really really proud of. Um, and uh, and then I think I think that's pretty. I mean Toyota. There's it feels like every year we have yeah. a creative summit and we go through and we list the top four or five pieces. And never have I had a year where I was recycling any pieces. Like we're always doing something new and. And interesting we, we got to do two years ago we got to do a 60 by actually two booths that were 60 by 20 feet that were this in, this immersive experience like I would never get to do a, a booth that was completely enclosed with sound and audio yeah, and smell cool, yeah. and video and projection and all these things and we it was it was incredible I've got one I'll throw in there uh, with a company that we can't name uh, but I can say that our our video slash animation was presented amongst other companies that were given the exact same exact same assignment, and it's one that was premiered in front of I mean physically thousands of people, yeah, and and online broadcast online at the same time, and it was and this isn't us just being proud parents our what we had created was head, far head superior shoulders, yeah. to to what everyone else had created and the company came to us afterwards and told us as much um and i think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty fun thing to i love when we talk in code because i can't for. figure out yet what project <laughs> yeah, you're talking about i'll tell you later man that's uh we'll, we'll do that we'll, off camera. it'll be down here at the bottom of the screen yeah. <laughs> smash that like button um, <clears throat> but i feel like we've got a lot more to cover but i'm getting the wrap it up sign over here from luke because he is ready to go uh so I'll just say um, that was nowhere near the disaster I thought it was going to be. After spending a little bit more time talking to y'all, I, I feel like at your next parole hearing, I'll be a relatively positive witness. 
Wow, that went um, better than I thought it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and maybe it is okay that y'all are walking around free in society. I'm not ready to say it is 100% okay, but maybe it is. What What do you say in 10 years if you're still here and we're still here? Oh, you're going to fire me long before we hit <laughs> another 10 years. I mean, if it doesn't come to blows before we shut off the cameras. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Square. We will see you again next time when it will be a far, far, vastly <laughs> inferior host that takes up this seat again. Thanks. <laughs>